Welcome to Aiming for the Moon. I am Taylor Bledsoe. And I am Maddie Henry. And on this podcast, we are interviewing interesting people from a teenage perspective. That's right. And today we will be interviewing Executive Director and Lead Maker of the Arkansas Regional Innovation Hub, Dr. Chris Jones. He has previously earned five degrees. Three of them are from MIT, which are all based around the tech industry along with urban development, which he has used to empower the community. He has also served as the assistant dean of MIT. So here's the interview. All right, welcome, Dr. Chris Jones. It's really good to have you on the show. Good to be on the show, Taylor. Good to be on the show. Great. Well, I've, I was I was reading your bio, and you've had had a very very interesting career. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yes, sir. You went. You've served as well. You served as the um, the assistant dean of MIT, and yep. you've have you've have five degrees, three of them from MIT. That is correct. Yeah. Yes, sir. Also, I found it many sleepless nights, sir. Many sleepless nights. <laughs> I'm sure. So, I also saw that you were an algebra teacher in a Boston public school. So, what, yes, yeah, sir? Um, what What led you to become an algebra teacher after you went to MIT? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, so, first of all, thank you for letting me be on the show. I'm really excited. No problem. It's and my honor. honor. Uh, um, so, you know, I've actually always been interested in, in teaching. My uh, mom's a long time teacher. Um, she's taught almost every grade, but spent a lot of time in the elementary school. Um, I've always respected and admired teachers and felt like um, a, most of my success was a direct result of what teachers poured into me. Um, so that kind of was the background. Uh, I had just finished my uh, master's, my two masters at MIT, and my wife and I were married. We were already broke. So I figured I'm broke already and I'm used to working hard. Why not go teach? So I actually used that as she still had one more year of medical school. So um, I went and became a teacher for a year while she finished medical school. That's, that's awesome. So you also have, have had several multi-million dollar federal projects. So if they're not top secret, um, what, what was their purpose? Could you tell us a little bit about them? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I was working at a company called BCT Partners. Um, it, the company itself was out of New Jersey, but interestingly, uh, it was founded by one of my best friends. Yeah. And when I finished grad school, um, I joined his company. We, the pro, some of the projects I worked on had to deal with uh, the housing and urban development um, agency for the federal government. Some had to deal with the Department of State. So um, what, what I was able to do was to go into HUD and help them really assess the effectiveness of their public housing. And with the Department of State, they have a training program and we help to develop new curriculum for their training program. Those are kind of two examples uh, of some really cool work we got to do. That's really cool. So along with that, helping in the community, you are now the executive director of the Arkansas Innovation Hub. Yes. What exactly is the mission of, could you tell our listeners, the mission of the Innovation Hub? No, no, great. Um, uh, and actually, the Arkansas Regional Innovation Hub is, is, is definitely 
um, one of my most exciting experiences. Um, I love the work that we do. Our mission is really empowering our Kansans. Um, and we do that through um, introducing them to technology. But not only introducing them to technology, actually having the tools and technology to make things. We're Arkansas's first makerspace, which what does that mean? That means we're a place where you can come and there's wood shop and welding and screen printing and ceramics and 3D printing and drones and let, you name it, we have it. Um, we're 22,000 square feet of fun. And, um, and we've had outstanding people like you <laughs> who have come, spent a lot of time at the Innovation Hub. Um, but really at our core, what, what we wanna do is provide access. We want to provide our Kansans with access to all those tools so they can make some really cool things and hopefully turn them into businesses. Yes, sir. That, that was the big thing out of, I, I am very into technology and the innovation hub, it was walking in there. It was like going into a giant toy shop, yes. except you didn't buy the toys. You built the toys and you got to right. play with your toys. Exactly. And if you broke it, that's okay. We'll fix it together. Yes, sir. It was, it was really cool. So speaking of that, if you could build any robot and it could do one thing, what would you have it do? Ooh, oh, wow. That's a really good question. If I could build one robot, what would I have it do? You know, um, there probably was a time when I would have the robot uh, take me to space so I can see you know, the, the, the planet from the star, from, from out in outer space. But I think now, um, and this might be just because I'm older now. Um, I, I, if I could build a robot that could, and I don't mean to sound mean, but if I could build a robot that would smack people every time they did mean stuff and prevented them from doing mean stuff, then I would do that. Because I think we have a lot of folks that, that need to be a little bit nicer. That I completely agree with that robot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of STEM, what got you interested in it? Um, you, you know, I've always liked to break things apart. And um, I've always been interested in understanding why things work. Um, very inquisitive. And I always asked a lot of questions. And interestingly, as a kid, my, my father, when I asked him a question, my, both my parents actually, when, um, as I mentioned, my mom's an educator. But um, whenever I would ask them questions, instead of giving me an answer, they would tell me to go look it up. And then I had to bring them back the answer that I found, and then we talk about it. So I think that kind of really led me to the scientific exploration. But the thing that, that got me hooked on physics and on wanting to be an astronaut, which I did at one time want to be an astronaut, was actually following Krista McAuliffe and Ron McNair. So Krista McAuliffe uh, was the first teacher in space. She, she was the, selected to be a teacher in space um, through NASA. And unfortunately, the Challenger uh, space shuttle blew up. Uh, now, we, the reason that had a big impact on me is because almost every student, K-12 student in the country, if not the world, was glued to the TV and watching as the space shuttle took off and then blew up. Um, that was a, a really important moment for me. And instead of making me run away from science, it actually made me run towards science because I realized that, that there are a lot of people who depend on scientists and engineers getting it right. 
Like their lives depend on getting it right. And I wanted to be one that helped get it right. Wow, that's that's really great. And that was one of the big tragedies of the um, aerospace and a lot of the space stuff. Exactly. Yeah, so I, again, you mentioned this before that you wanted to be an astronaut. Um, but so when you were a kid, specifically a teenager, because our podcast is geared more towards teenagers. Yep. Um, what, what did you want to be, quote unquote, as people Ooh. say? So I know, right? When I, when I was a kid, I definitely wanted to be an astronaut. Um, and, and I held on to that dream for a while until uh, two things happened. One, um, I got married and my wife said, no, it's not happening. You're not going to space and leaving me here. Uh, but the more important thing is that it turns out I cannot hear. I knew this as, as a child. I cannot hear out of my uh, one of my ears. And that's a disqualifier for going into space. So, I mean, it was okay. I still got to work at NASA a lot. And my mentor is an astronaut, so that's fine. But becoming an astronaut was definitely um, one of my big, big, big dreams. Uh, and now, sort of, even as a teenager, though, in addition to becoming an astronaut, I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. And I was, I was open to how that happened. Um, and that's what I'm doing now. Like, I get to use science and engineering and, and entrepreneurship and make a difference in people's lives. Uh, and hopefully, folks like you will experience that and then go on to become astronauts and then wave at me from space. That's, yeah, that's really cool. And so you mentioned working at NASA. Um, I know you got an intern, a full ride scholarship by NASA, but I didn't know you worked there. So what did you do? Yeah, so I worked there for about five summers. Um, and two of the summer, one summer I worked in Huntsville, but four summers I worked in uh, Johnson Space Center at Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas. Um, and most of the time there, I actually worked for an astronaut named Franklin Chain Diaz. And we were helping to build, well, his invention was a plasma rocket. So instead of these huge um, rocket boosters, it actually used just a little bit of fuel. And once it was in space, um, it, it, a, a re nuclear reaction would cause these thrusts to allow the spaceship to, to um, the rocket to move. And really, it's, he's still building it. He has a center in Costa Rica and a center in Houston. And that's hopefully what will get us to Mars. Um, but I worked on that for four summers, actually. Yeah, it was all four summers. And, um, and I was working on the, the thruster part of it. it oh, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, so is that, cool. is that what you did for your um, MIT academic project? Because it mentioned plasma fusion. No, actually, I did something different. Um, but what I will say, one of the coolest things that I, that I, that I just, it was just really cool. Um, one summer when I was working for Franklin Chain Diaz was the summer that he went on a mission to space. And when he got, came, so he's up in space for several days and he came back, they have to do quarantine for a few days. Um, but then he came into the lab and it was literally like he was walking on air. And his, his words were amazing. His, his walk was amazing. There was something about him. And I think it was because he had been to space and he had experienced life that far away from Earth. And I think it helped him realize how small we are, but yet how connected and significant we are. Um, now, in terms of what I did in, in, at MIT, I actually helped to build a, we were working on a plasma fusion reactor. 
So nuclear power, about 20% of our electricity comes from nuclear power. And that's really the plasma fission, the splitting of atoms, break it apart and energy is released. Well, plasma fusion is a different kind of nuclear reaction where you're combining particles, put them together and energy is released. The sun is a big ball of plasma. So we were trying to take the sun and put it in a container and get electricity from it. That was, that was one of the projects I worked on. That's really cool. So uh, this is back to your getting interested in things, but what made you interested in getting into um, getting, putting, bringing STEM into the community? Ooh, um, you know, realizing how fortunate I was, um, we didn't, we didn't grow up with a lot of money. Um, my folks worked hard and they, and they struggled, um, at times, but they did a really good job at pushing us to be exposed to opportunities. Uh, so from an early age, I worked at the university of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, UAPB, and I did research there. I did research at NCTR, National Center for Toxicological Research in, in Pine Bluff. I did research at UAMS here um, in high school. And every experience made me realize that um, I am better because of this experience. So if I can eventually come and help others have that experience, they'll be better too. Uh, and in fact, at MIT, my job was running a summer research program. And, and it, it was great because then I had the opportunity to help uh, younger folks get the experiences that were similar to what I had. Um, and hopefully it opened up a whole world of opportunity that may not have been opened up before. That's, that's really cool. So why did you want to return to Arkansas? Well, you're, you're, you're from Arkansas. So you know how amazing this place is. Yes, um, sir. People, People outside of Arkansas may not fully understand how great Arkansas is, um, but it's a great place. And even, so I, I left Arkansas to get a PhD. I wanted to go to, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to go to grad school. I wanted to get a PhD. I wanted to become an astronaut and then come back home, but the whole ear thing. So when I finished my PhD, I came back home. Now, the, your question was why? Really for, um, for two main reasons. One, because I felt a deep desire and need, um, and I would even say a calling from God to give back. You know, I, I think I was given a lot and it was important for me to give back and to give back at home was critical. Um, and then two, I've, I've always felt like Arkansas is a great place <clears throat> to raise a family. Um, you know, we, the, we're close to nature. Um, the, you won't find nicer people than Arkansans. Uh, and our Kansans are resilient. Our Kansans are brilliant. Um, and, and I think just having my family and my kids grow up in that environment is so, so, so important. And that's why there was no other choice but to come home. Yes, that's, that's, it is called the natural state for something. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Yes, sir. So going back, so uh, going back to where you were from, what were you like as a teenager? Ooh. You might want to ask my siblings about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, I was a people pleaser. You know, I, I think I, I remember as a teenager going through a phase where um, I would always try to do things to make other people happy. Um, now, sometimes that's okay, but a lot of times it wasn't because it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. 
um, I, I did work hard, like really, really hard in school and playing football and running track. Um, I, I love to try new things. Uh, and, I, and I really like to kind of break things apart. Um, so kind of exploring all sorts of things, uh, even, even as a child. Um, I think my siblings would say I got on their nerves a lot. But as, a, as the third child, that's my job. And I, I did my job well. So, um, you know, but I, I, I even, even then, though, as a kid, uh, family was important to me. So I love spending time with my family. Um, my dad's from Hughes, which is in northeast Arkansas, in the Delta. My mom's family's from Stevens, Magnolia, McNeil, which is kind of south Arkansas. And we spent, you know, once a month, once every month, we were in one of those places. So I just love being around family. Um, and I think the last thing is that um, as a kid, um, and this, this was okay because I was always active. So I played football, ran track, was in the glee club, um, did stuff at church, but I ate a lot. So I could come in and eat a whole like dozen eggs um, and I would drink a gallon of orange juice. And it was fine when I was a teenager because I was still nice and slim. But now that I'm older, I can't do that. Yeah. So that was me. That's, that's really cool. So these are our last two questions here. Um, and we always ask every single one of our guests these questions. So what books have had an impact on you and why? Mm. Um, well, you know, I think without a doubt, um, from a kid to now, the book, which is a collection of books um, that has had the most impact is the Bible. Um, being able to, I mean, it's, it's personal because of my own faith walk uh, and my relationship with Christ. And it's practical because I can look in the Bible and find things that are relevant to today and understanding how I should live my life and how I should treat people. Um, the other, and in addition to that, uh, I think there's a book called uh, things Fall Apart, and it's by Chinoa Achebe, and it's about, um, it's, a, it's a really interesting book because it talks about uh, life and experiences in, um, in a village in Africa, and, and what they go through is a, almost a spiritual journey, um, but it, it, the reason that book is significant to me is because it helped me to start to to unpack the world a bit more, you know, and I, and I think it's important for everybody to do that. Like, how do you, how do you unpack the world and see yourself in the, in the world and see your role in the world? And so the book um, kind of helped me to, to think about my role in the world in a different way, which then drove me even more to say, I need to help. I need to give, I need to, you know, pr help provide for others. So I, I would say that, that those would be the ones. Wow. Those, those sounds like really good books. <laughs> Yeah, so, one of well, which I'm sure you know about already. Yes, sir. I know about the Bible, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, the final question is what we usually end with all of our people is, what advice do you have for teenagers? Yeah. Um, what advice do I have for teenagers? So I'd say a couple things. Um, a few things. Now, you know, number one, I, I think far too often, we minimize teenagers 
you know, I, I'm, I'm an adult now. Some would say I'm old now. Um, but I, I think we, and I mean the collectively, even teenagers minimize what teenagers can do. So my advice, one part of piece of advice is never underestimate the impact you can have. Like teenagers can literally change the world. You don't have to wait. You're not the, you're not the future. You're the now. Um, and, and I think that's, so that's one piece of advice. The other piece of advice is some advice that my, my older cousin gave me. He said, live life with no regrets. Now you can take that two ways. You can either say, do whatever you want to do and don't, and, and then don't care about what you did. Or you can say, before you do something, be thoughtful and mindful and prayerful um, about what it is and what the impact will be. So I, I think the second is more important. So if you're thoughtful on the front end, then you won't regret it on the back end. Um, and then I think the last piece of advice I would say is, is, is kind of a, a collection. Have fun, enjoy the day, and embrace relationships deeply. Wow, that's great. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Ooh, this thanks is fun. So I'd love to come anytime. All right, Maddie, what did you think of the interview? I thought it was really, really remarkable and inspiring. I feel like I want to go out and live every, like he did, like everything he got to experience and it's so, so fascinating. So yeah, he had a career with NASA and five degrees, including three from MIT. That's just flat out impressive in my books. Oh yeah, totally. And he had a doctorate. That's awesome. And he worked on a plasma fusion engine and a plasma fusion reactor. So hopefully Elon Musk is sending a plasma fusion rocket or whatever he calls it to the mark to Mars. Yeah, plasma fusion has, makes no sense to me, but it sounds very, very impressive. Totally. And then he turned all of his skills around and worked in the community, which is really cool to me. And he, he's now the executive director of the regional innovation hub. And that's mm -hmm. awesome because yeah, I've, I've, there. Yeah, I've been there and it's, it's totally really cool. I've also been there and it's the, all, all the 3D printers and they explain things. We go to launch rockets and it's, and they just completely empower like every, their entire community and everyone around them. It's, I love it. Yeah. It's mind boggling what they can do. It is very, very impressive. Yeah. So, and then he's gone around and be, he's become a teacher and that's, that's really cool because he had just, He'd been at MIT, which is like the top tech school in the world, and then he went and taught at a public school. There's nothing against public schools or anything, but that's just that that seems a big leap. Yeah, it's a big leap. But I I love that even with all of his degrees and stuff, he's I guess he's very humble and he just wants to help everyone around him. Totally. And then he he wanted to be an astronaut, but sadly he couldn't go to space. That that's really sad, but. Hopefully someday someone will wave down from the moon at him or from Mars. I thought that was a really cool quote. I, yeah, I love that. I love, I lo also love space. I think that's so fascinating, but I don't think I could ever have the courage to actually pursue being an astronaut. <laughs> but yeah, so, and then I loved his, um, his advice. It was, it's, 
I love it. It was just so, I guess, like I said, in, for, it's compelling just making me want to just go out and do all I can and make a difference in the world. And yeah, what did you think? Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And then he said, live with no regrets, which I thought I, I really liked his take on it, with, which is live basically thoughtfully. And make sure that when you look back, of course, you're going to have some regrets, but it's not going to be like, oh my gosh, that was probably, like, you're not going to, you're going to have a future thinking mind. And then, yeah, he, his books, he recommended the Bible, just like Dr. Nate Smith did. Yeah. When Things Fall Apart, or Do Things Fall Apart, that book. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Maddie, once she releases her Maddie's Opinion thing that's coming out very uh-huh. If it hasn't already at the time of recording. And yeah. I'm reading that book. So yeah. See see how, how good it is. I bet it's amazing if you recommended it. But yeah. And hopefully I have no idea who we're having next because we don't plan ahead very well. But we're gonna have someone interesting on next. So don't forget. Set your sights high and aim for the moon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>